everybody. Welcome to Nurse Hathaway's Heaven. As always, I'm your host, Nurse Julie. And today I'd like to talk about the nurse at Vanderbilt University Medical Center in Nashville, Tennessee. I think everybody's heard about this case. Um, It's the nurse that actually had a medication error that ended up killing the patient and they held her in a court of law and she was found to be culpable and responsible for the deadly medication error which actually does not set good precedence for nursing in general so let's talk about it a little bit. Um, Those of you who have read about the case there was a CMS report online to detail what happened which I think is important to talk about Um, From a a root cause analysis type aspect, you want to know, okay, what happened? Because usually it's more than one thing that happens when there's medication errors. You know, anybody who's been a nurse for any amount of time has made a medication error. And thank God none of mine ended up in this type of situation with a fatality. But the fact of the matter is, It's scary to nursing. Now we're going to hold every nurse responsible in a court of law for a medication error. So what's that saying to the new nurse? What's that saying to nurses in general? Um, It really sets a bad precedence. And I think that um, the majority of the nursing community has really bonded together. I think I read the other day that about $70,000 were raised uh, via GoFundMe just every nurse pitching in to help her because we all know we've been in the same similar situation and none of us had to go to court um, and be held for reckless homicide charges um, after a deadly medication error. So I think, of course, she pleaded not guilty. I want to say that happened uh, about two days ago. And I'm not sure if they did take her license or not. So that's the other issue. So we're just going to start jerking everybody's license who's ever made a medication error, which if we're looking at nurses, we got to look at physicians. And let's face it, how many nurses have actually helped avoid a medication error by calmly calling the physician or talking to the physician and having a reasonable crucial conversation with them saying, you know, are you really sure you want to order this? Or did you mean to put that order in on, you know, Mr. Smith, when actually we know with electronic medical records, it's very easy to put the wrong order in on a different patient. So it's the right order, but it's on the wrong patient. So if you don't see it, you don't catch it, it gets carried out. Again, the nurse, right? We got to blame the nurse. For everything. So this is really scary to me when I read this case. I was like, oh my gosh, this is what we're doing now. So that's going to say to other people who are even thinking about going into nursing, well, I don't, I don't want to go into nursing because there's a possibility that I could be held in a court of law uh, responsible for any medication error that I make, which again, very, very, very scary. So they did... Um, you know, charge her with reckless homicide. And let's just talk a little bit again. Like I said, let's go backwards and start from the beginning. So reading the CMS case report, it's very long, very drawn out. 
Um, this nurse was working with, um, I want to say she was like the rescue nurse or resource nurse on her unit. Neuro ICU, I think. Could be wrong there. Um, go back and read it for yourself. So, but resource nurse. So she's helping everybody else do stuff. But she had a preceptee, so she was a pre in a preceptor role. She was the resource nurse, and she had a preceptor, preceptee with her. So she had an orientee. And so she went into the med room. They're like, "Hey, uh, Redonda, can you go down um, and medicate this patient?" Was having a PET scan. The patient who um, unfortunately died from this error. Uh, she was an older lady, 60s, 70s, um, had been diagnosed, I want to say with a head bleed, but it was getting better. But she needed a PET scan, and she had a history of being scared, uh, nervous, anxious, whatever. And so they were like, hey, Redonda, we need you to go down um, and medicate this patient. Uh, so the order for uh, Verset was written which is bedazzlam. So verse said, now you know as you go into the Pixis or Acudose or whatever system that you're using, you can go under brand name or you can go under generic name. Then you can change it at will. So for whatever reason, she went in and under this patient's profile, because she was on a floor, she was not in the emergency department. So on the floor, once the physician puts the order in, it goes through pharmacy, and then pharmacy either clicks off on it and says, yes, this is okay, right drug, right route, all, all, all your rights. They check all, everything, medication, um, contraindications with other medications that the patient has in their profile, of course, allergies, age, all of that. Renal failure, no renal failure. They look at all of those things, and then they either click off on it, and it's approved, or they put a hold on it and it's like a stop and then it won't come up in the profile. So because this patient was on the floor, they do all of that when, the, when a new medication gets put in. So the medication got put in for the Versed, um, I think it said one to two milligrams titrate to, anxiety, like, to decrease the anxiety for this patient who was undergoing a PET scan. And apparently the patient was getting better. So she, you know, had decreasing symptoms, but they just wanted to get this PET scan. So they needed her to run down, give the med, and come back up. Um, my question about that is, what is the Vanderbilt University Med Center policy and procedure on administering a benzodiazepine? Can you just push the drug and leave? Because a lot of places that I've worked, once you give a drug such as Versed, if you're titrating Versed under certain parameters, and I'm not sure what their particular policy procedure says, but it could be considered a type of moderate sedation or what we used to call conscious sedation because the patient's awake, they're, they're kind of alert still, but they have that retrograde amnesia where they don't really remember the actual procedure. You know, we do this all the time when we're popping hips back in or popping shoulders back in. We're using a lot of ketamine now, but we have used a lot of Versed in the past. So the, the point is, of course, with benzos, you're going to have the respiratory depression. So if this patient wasn't on a monitor and they weren't on pulse oximetry or anything, I'm just questioning how 
that someone can go give a benzo, like Versed, and then just come back up to the unit. So my question would be, from a litigious standpoint, what was the Vanderbilt University Medical Center policy and procedure on administering a benzo and then just piecing out? Saying, okay, I gave you one to two milligrams of Versed, but I don't need to watch you. I don't need to monitor you. You know, I don't know what this patient's comorbidities were, if they had any cardiac history, but the bottom line is, even with just a little bit, little titch of Versed, some patients can get a little bit, um, obviously it decreases their breathing. So if you're not watching their respirators, you're not watching their oxygen saturation, what if the patient needed oxygen? I mean, the people that are giving the PET scan, that's radiology. That's Those are rad techs. They're not going to be like doing the monitoring that nurse needs to do in addition to doing the PET scan. So I have a really big question about that. Lest I digress. So she had her preceptee or her orientee. She goes to pull the medication out. Apparently it was approved on the profile, but she did not see it. So she went under, she typed in V as in Victor, E as in Edward. So she typed in VE, and I don't know if she was under Rand or generic or she didn't cross-check, whatever. So VE, and she didn't see it. So she typed, typed in, I don't know, when she typed in the VE, for some reason, they have VEC. They have vecuronium in their... Pixes. So my other question would be, why is the RSI or rapid sequence intubation drug in the Pixis on a floor where you're not doing rapid sequence intubation on a regular basis? And if you are doing RSI, you know, intermittently, like say once a quarter, once every three months you're doing it, why is it not in the special RSI kit? Because that should be separate because when a drug is a non-depolarizing basically a paralytic, whether it sucks or VEC or rock, whatever it is, it's separate. It should be separate and it should be with the RSI kit. Like there's a kit that we have. So there's a couple other questions I have about this. She was able to hit the override button because she did not find Versed under the patient's profile because if she's under the generic then she would have had to type in midazolam and she pulled out the VEC okay totally different drug totally different everything so as you know vacuronium is a paralytic so it paralyzes the patient so we can intubate them so she reconstituted the medication. So here's the other thing that I have an issue with. I'm curious as to why you don't have to reconstitute Versed. So there's the other big kind of red flag. My my key is this, and I'm not criticizing the nurse at all. I'm saying there are times where you don't know if you haven't given the drug recently, if it's been a while, you might not know, so then just stop what you're doing, call pharmacy real quick, and do that closed-loop communication. Say, hi, I'm Julie, I'm calling from whatever floor I'm on, and I have an order for Versed 1 to 2 milligrams by Dr. Jones. Can you verify that for me? Because I'm not finding it under her profile. And you would immediately look at the label and notice that Vecuronium, which is a totally different drug, 
you might want to cross-check and even ask a question like, hey, the vecuronium, maybe the vecuronium, and I don't know because I was not there, maybe the vecuronium was in the wrong pocket. I don't know. However, the override button was hit, and that's where they're trying to fault the nurse and saying, well, you should never hit the override button unless it's an emergency. So there's a lot of things, a policy and procedure, if you don't know what it is, you don't know what it reads, like you can't, you can't speak to that. So I don't know what happened with that. I do know I've hit the override button lots of times. However, it's usually in the case of totally emergent situations where I might not even take it out under a patient. It might be Jane Doe or what have you. Or even um, sometimes we'll take it out under the medics. If we don't even have a patient name, we have to go back and put it in later, of course. But there are situations where you do override. Um, This case, however, did not sound emergent. Um, And again, it depends on what she was looking up under the drug, if she's under brand name or generic. So she reconstituted the drug, which was vecuronium. It was not versed. And... I don't believe that there was a conversation or anything in between. I don't know if she went to the nurse who was taking care of the patient, said, hey, I'm going to go down and medicate your patient for you that's having the PET scan. Again, there could have been some miscommunication in there, which is why I really emphasize to a lot of people that I teach and that I talk to and that I work with, closed-loop communication. So, again, you might even just... Say, hey, I took this drug out under this patient. Um, We're going to have to waste it when I come back because typically that's the case. And then at that point in time, maybe the other nurse would have seen, hey, that's vecuronium. That's not Versed. Let's go back and, you know, get the right drug. I don't know what happened. I do know that said that she was just um, precepting with her assigned orientee and that maybe they were talking about something at the time that the nurse was pulling out the medication, um, the incorrect medication, unfortunately, in this case. So I think that that is another issue too, um, but we do it all the time as far as nursing goes. So there's not, um, you can't say no talking when you're pulling out meds because that's not ever going to happen. So I think when we look at um, any kind of mistake or error, we kind of look, again, the root cause analysis, when there's a sentinel event, i.e. a patient died, we go back and we look at it and say, okay, clinically, where are the steps that we could have changed or made better or stopped right there and checked and rechecked? And there's a couple little issues there that I just pointed out. I think that... um, the biggest thing is the unfamiliar. She was not familiar maybe with the vecuronium. But my other question is, why is it in the Pixis? So you see, you can't just go around blaming the nurse. There's multiple issues there. There's pharmacy, there's policy and procedure. So risk management nurses who are writing the policy and procedure. Are nurses at Vanderbilt allowed to just go push Versed and then leave the patient? So are they allowed to not monitor the patient once they administer benzodiazepine under their policy and procedure. So you can see there's a myriad of different things, different issues that if you don't know, if you don't work in that facility, we don't have the answer to. But my concern is we're going to go around and blame every nurse 
in the world who's ever made a medication error. Hmm. Do you see where that could be a slippery slope? And so if we are blaming the nurse, where's the culpability or where's the blame for the other people that were involved in this issue? So the nurse did go down and she did give one to two milligrams. However, it wasn't Versed, it was Vecuronium. So the patient ended up dying basically on the PET scan table. She obviously became paralyzed and then I think it was one of the rad techs or whomever was doing the PET scan and said, um, you know what, I don't know that that patient's breathing, at, what, at which point I want to say it was approximately 30 minutes later, which we know that brain death would have occurred within three to four minutes. And they called the code, and then, of course, they heard it overhead upstairs, and they came running down, and one of the nurses, I think, saw the vial. She must have had a vial with it labeled or something of that nature and said, is this the medication that you gave the patient? And the nurse said, yeah. And the nurse, other nurse, which might have been the primary nurse, and said, she said, um, that's not Versed. At which time you can imagine how the nurse who administered the drug felt. Um, anybody who, like I said, who's ever made a med error knows you are just sick. Um, whether it causes no harm, it causes a little harm, it causes a fatality, God forbid. Um, you're just sick if you think that you've done anything wrong at all in, in your profession. And so at that moment, I cannot imagine how the Vanderbilt nurse felt. You know, they're calling a code, they're coding this lady doing CPR. Um, eventually, they did have to you know, withdraw care because she was brain dead because she had been laying there without O2 for quite some time. Like I said, I want to say the report said 30 minutes, but I'm not 100% on that. So I guess my question is, at what point are we going to just start blaming the nurse for everything? I'm really concerned about that. And I also think it's just very fearful, like fear mongering, almost like fear porn, you know, we're just trying to scare everybody. And so when, when you're drawing, we're pulling out meds and you're drawing up meds, there's a certain amount of what I call eustress. So you're nervous, but it's a good kind of nervous because you have a little bit of adrenaline because it's a high risk procedure. You're, you know, you're you should be checking and rechecking the meds at least eight to time eight to ten times before you even get to the bedside because we get interrupted so often. And then of course you use your barcode scanner and do all of that good stuff. But this patient was in the PET scan, so they don't have a barcode scanner down there. Again, another opportunity for improvement for preventing this type of thing, but certainly not demonizing the nurse. And I think that is the whole big scary part of this. Of course, the nurse did um, plead not guilty. I think that was on the 22nd. Um, That was a few days ago, about four days ago. She pleaded not guilty, and I applaud that. And I'm hopeful that the $70,000 that was raised for her defense um, gets her off because if we start blaming every nurse for every near miss and every issue that's ever been had in the history of hospitals, there's going to be a long line of nurses. The, the jail is going to be full of nurses. And 
it's also scary if you're a student or you're a new grand and you're reading about this case. So I'm anxious to see what happens. I'm hopeful that she's not held accountable for this patient's death. And I believe that I even read that the patient's family is like, oh, we know that our mom would not be holding this this nurse accountable and would have forgiven her because that's just the kind of person that this patient was. But the family's been very supportive as well. So it's just, it's it's ridiculous. It's scary. It's it's something that, I, again, unprecedented. And it, if it goes through and something does happen to her and they're like, oh, well, we are giving you the lesser charge of whatever, negligent homicide or homicide, again, homicide, <laughs> reckless homicide. So when you look at intent, did she have the intent to hurt the patient? Of course not. That's not what nurses do. So there's a lot of issues with this case. So I just wanted to talk about it and, um, you know, we can follow up on it after we get all of the information as far as the verdict goes. But I am hopeful that every nurse will stand behind her, you know, send her a card, that type of thing. And I'm also hopeful that the board will not jerk her nursing license. Of course, she might have to, like, leave the state and move because her name's now been plastered everywhere. However, should this woman lose her license and her whole life over this? And again then be held in a court of law on top of it. So just food for thought, and I will peace out. You guys, thank you so much for listening. Have a good one.